Hey, this is Welby Pierce. I'm the lead pastor of Hope Rising Church. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope it inspires you, hope it builds your faith, and hope it gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. I hope you enjoy the message. Come on, let's give Jesus some praise in this place. Come on. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. Come on, he's a great God, isn't he? I said, he's a great God, isn't he? Amen, amen. Hey, it's so good to see you this morning. Why don't you high five three people next to you? Tell them, great is the Lord. Come on, he's great. He's great. He's great. Come on. Yeah, so good. So good. I hope you're doing okay. How about that weather? <laughs> Man, you, you don't know if it's hot, going to be cold, medium, or all of the above, all in about 30 minutes. And uh, hey, I'm Pastor Welby, lead pastor here. So good and glad to be here with you. I uh, hope your weekend's been all right. And uh, if I haven't got a chance to meet you yet, I'd love to meet you. And it's going to be uh, a great day as we continue here. Hey, when you took a, uh, when you when you sat down in your seat, there was uh, one of the things in your seat was an Easter invite card, and we would. Uh, I want to do something real quick, babe. Will you give me one of those invite cards? Y'all give it up for my wife, isn't she awesome? <sighs> Couldn't do it without her. And uh, and so, hey, we 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 want you to do something this week. And, and we want you to, to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, who would you have me to, to give this, this one card to this week? We could have asked you to take 500 cards and, and, and throw them out and hopefully they land somewhere uh, and somebody picks one up and, and, and comes. But we want to be intentional. We want to be purposeful uh, with it. And so each week over the past few weeks, we've just given you one card. And, and we're going to do the same thing this week and just that we would pray, God, what would you have us to do? Who would you have us to give this card to? And uh, it may be somebody that you know. It may be if you keep it in your pocket or your purse or your wallet or whatever, that, that when you're, maybe you're at the gas station or you're in the grocery store or wherever you may find yourself, um, you would find, uh, God would lay somebody on your heart and you'd be able to give them this, this invite card uh, this week because um, I don't know about you, but people need some hope. And, and we live in a world where, where there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of hurt and a lot of despair. And, and, and people, what I know are, is, is that people are hurting. And what a great opportunity we have this Easter um, when maybe they won't ever go to church, they may come to Easter. And, uh, and so we, we want to we pray over these real quick. And so would you do this for me? Would you just, just grab the card that's in your seat and can you just hold it up? And we're going to pray over it because we believe that this is just not a, a name. This is not just an invite. This is, this is somebody's eternity at stake. This is somebody's life at stake. Family, marriage, kids. This is, this is a legacy that's going to be written uh, next week where, where maybe their life was headed one direction, but, but God is going to take it another direction. And God's going to turn it around and, and say, hey, you, your legacy was, was, was looking like this, but now, but now because I've stepped in, your legacy has changed and your family has changed and your kids are changed. And so we're going to believe that, that this represents a life. It represents a soul. It represents a family today. Lord, we lift up this card to you today. And we 
Lord, as we, as we prepare and we've been planning for Easter, God, we know people will come to Easter uh, easier than any other time. And we want to, uh, you to lay someone on our heart this week, God. I pray, Lord, even right now that you begin to lay people on our hearts that we could give this card to. God, that we could hand it to them and, and invite them to Easter and let them know that, that there's a church that, that loves them, there's a church that will walk through life with them, that it wouldn't just be an event, God. It's not, we're, we're not doing Easter as an event. This is, this is something we do every week, God. We show up on Sundays and celebrate who you are. Lord, we wake up on Monday and we're thankful, God. We wake up on Tuesday and it's just, it, it's another day to say, thank you, God, for giving me breath that I got a plan and a purpose. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would be able to, 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 to step into people's lives and begin to walk life with them and, and help them wherever they may find themselves. And Lord, I pray that lives will be changed next week, uh, this Easter, God, just like you change lives every week. Lord, let it not be something different, not let it be a one-off, God. Let it be another time where people's lives are changed. Let their hearts be receptive and ready to receive uh, what you have for them. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Man, I, I want you to know that I've got, I, I've, th this is, our, this is our, our, our plan, this is our goal for next week. Um, next week, we're gonna have uh, our goal been placed in my heart. I've told uh, a lot of our, our lead team and our dream team is that, that next week, that th this place, we're gonna have 200 people here next week, 200 plus here next week. And, and we're, we're believing that, that God is going to be bringing people in uh, from, from all over this area to hear this message about this man named Jesus. So we're gonna give hope to them. And, and, and this is really my heart. This is where I feel like we're heading this year and uh, as, as we run into this, the fall and all this stuff. But wouldn't it be cool uh, that, that we hit this 200 mark and, and we, we just keep on going. We're not looking back. Life is great. And, and we've got to make more room for people. How many know it's, it's going to be a good thing we've got to make room for people, right? And so, so man, I'm, I'm, already, I'm already thinking about multiple services and when we're able to, to, to go to two services and, and all of that stuff. So, so I just want to let you know, I'm going to tell you, that. hang on. Turn to somebody next to you and say, hang on. I, I'm telling you, I, I told our dream team this morning that, that I want us to be a church that takes risks. Not like crazy risks, not like get on the news type of risk, all right? Um, unless it's like for something really good. Uh, but we, we want to be a church that takes risks because we know lives are in the balance. And, and if, if God is leading us to do something, then, then let's step out of the boat and see God do something great. Amen? And so, uh, man, we're believing that. I just want you to know that the harvest is not just coming, but it's here. It's here. It's all around you. Uh, how awesome would it be uh, that next week your friend, your neighbor, your coworker uh, gives their life to Jesus. How awesome would that be? I'm telling you, we got to go get it. All right, everybody say, go get it, go get it. And uh, next, so next week, man, we're gonna have Easter egg hunt right after service, uh, right out here in the back. We're gonna have inflatables. Uh, we're gonna have snow cones. Uh, we're gonna have a train out there. We're gonna have all kinds of stuff out there for everybody. It's gonna be a lot of fun. All right. So we're, I'm telling you, it's going to be so much fun. Not only is it going to be fun at 10 after service, we're going to, we're going to, all the kids are going to get to hunt Easter eggs and there'll be a photo booth and man, there's all kinds of stuff going on next week. It's going to be great. Everybody say it's going to be great. All right. So that's next week. And then lastly, uh, I, I want you to know this, that uh, if, if all we do is show up and do this week in and week out, that it, it, it doesn't really do us any good if God's not here. And so, so what we've been doing is, is the last uh, two Saturdays, and we're gonna, this Saturday will be the same, is we've been praying for specifically Easter. 
And so I want to invite you, invite you as a church that this Saturday uh, at, at 9 a.m., we're going to be praying uh, at, the, at Enrique and Carmelita's house uh, and just praying, praying that God would move this Easter. Um, and just, yeah, because, we're, hey, we're saying, God, we need you. If you're not here, it's not worth doing. And so we need you to move and we need you to have your will in your way. And so this is, this is literally, this is like the Super Bowl for church. All right, how many know how crazy the Super Bowl is, right? All right, like it or not, this is the Super Bowl for church. There's three Sundays that are high impact, like the highest impact Sundays above other Sundays in churches. Easter, Mother's Day, all right, which is just a few weeks after Easter, and then Christmas. Those are the three Sundays of churches where, where people are coming to church that maybe don't like church, that, that they, they think church is um, awful, but they're just going because they're supposed to or, or they've been told to. They're going because their mama's coming. Uh, they're going because uh, sweet baby Jesus is, is, we're celebrating his birth at Christmas, whatever. Like, like they're, they're, they're coming because they're, they think they're supposed to, but I'm, I'm just praying that God's doing a setup that God's setting people up to give their life to him. And so this Saturday at 9 a.m., we're going to be praying at the Sefuentes house. And so if you need uh, directions to that, we'll get that to you. But we'll be posting that online as well. So anyways, hey, we're in this series this last week, this series called Tag a Friend. And man, it's, such a, it's been such an amazing series. Uh, I've loved it. I've been challenged. I hope you've been challenged as well. If you've not been here, I want to kind of recap so you're not lost as we kind of roll this thing out and put a close on it. Uh, but, but people are not walking into a church. Stats say that 53% of people, they're not walking into a church. And so the question is, what are we going to do about it? Like if we're, we're, if we're created to, to go out and make disciples, then, then what are we going to do about it? It's, it's one of my things that I love about being portable. I love being portable church. I love being able to set up and to, to tear down uh, because people, people may walk, uh, people may not walk into a traditional building, but they'll walk into a school. They'll go to church in a school, but maybe not one that has a steeple on the top of it. So uh, I love being portable because more people are coming to Jesus through portable churches than ever before. We've had 121 people say yes to Jesus over, over the, a year's time frame. And so we just know that God is doing great things. I, I love being portable because we can have church anywhere. We can have church at a different school. We can have church under the bridge. We can have church at the street outside. Like, it doesn't matter. We're portable, baby. We'll set this thing up wherever we need to. And we'll set our flags up outside. We'll set up our pipe and drape. Come on, that pipe and drape looks good. Y'all know it does. Come on. Pipe and drape team does great. And so uh, we, we'll set our signs up. We'll set our sound system up. The band can play wherever. I love being portable. It's so good. And so we're going to go where the people are at, right? We talked about how, how we have to not wait for them to come to us, but we've got to go to them. We talked about how everybody matters, that Jesus didn't just die for some, but he died for all. Whosoever would believe. If you just would believe, not, not, not your background, not, not how much money you got in the bank, none of that stuff, just whosoever would believe. And, and last week, we, 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 we closed up, and we talked about being hope dealers. And like some, some of y'all were like, what? Some of y'all thought we said we're gonna, we were born to be dope dealers, but we said hope dealers, all right? Just wanna make that clear um, over, uh, pronunciate that. But we're talking about being hope dealers, that, that we don't have to actually be like them to reach them, but we do have to like them to reach them. 
that we've been called to, to reach the lost. And, and we don't have to, to be like them, but we do have to like them. And so this, this foundational scripture that we've been using here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, it says this. It says, even though I am free, so is Paul talking, even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralist, loose living, immoralist, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life. In fact, I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I tried to figure things out from, from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. I don't know about you, but I want to be in on it. You see, I believe that everybody wants to know God. I believe that there's something inside of every, every single one of us that says, I, I want to know God. There's something inside of us that says, I'm empty and I need something to fill this emptiness on the inside of me. And so we, we spend our lives searching and seeking out those things that maybe can fill the void. And when they don't, we are left empty inside. We realize maybe that there's something greater. There's somebody greater than us. And his name is Jesus. And, and so I believe that we all have this honing device that wants to know God. Unfortunately, Christians have just gotten in the way of this. I believe, I believe we've gotten in our own way sometimes. If you're a Christian here and, and you follow Jesus, I think sometimes we actually get in the way. So how do we get out of the way? Maybe that's, that's a good question. How do, we, how do we get out of the way? I believe that we gotta plant seeds by asking questions. Plant seeds by asking questions. Have you ever wanted an answer from somebody and they didn't give you the answer, they asked you a question? You're like, hey, what do you think about this? And they, they answered your question with another question. You're like, I just want the answer. They're like, I know, but I'm just gonna ask a question. And then you end up coming to your own conclusion, your own answer. I love what Jesus did. Jesus always asked questions. If you look in the, read the New Testament, he's always asking questions. Peter, Peter was telling Jesus, uh, Jesus, Jesus, they're, they're, they're saying all these things about you. They're saying you're, you're John the Baptist and you're Elijah and you're Jeremiah and you're one of the prophets. They're saying all of these things. And Jesus says, I know what they're saying, but, but who do you say I am? Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and Jesus said, he said, you're right. He says, and this has not been revealed to you by man, but by God himself. And you will be named Peter, a rock in which I will build my church on. And so, so, so he asked a question and he planted the seed and he set Peter up. There was a paralyzed man for 38 years in the New Testament in John chapter five. He'd be laying next to a pool and every, every so often there would be this, this, this angel that would come in and would stir the pool. And the first person in the pool would be healed. And so for 38 years, this guy is, is sitting or laying by the pool waiting to be healed and, and the, the, the pool would be stirred and somebody else would get to dip their toe in before he could get into the pool. And so Jesus arrives on the scene and he says, hey, bruh, do you want to get healed? Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm paralyzed for 38 years, I'm like, holla, I'm a candidate, let's go. Come on, right? 
right? I, I, I'm tired of laying here. I'm tired of watching everybody else be healed. Uh, yeah, yeah, I want to be healed. And so Jesus asked the question, do you want to be healed? Yes. Then he says, take up your mat and walk. I think it's pretty amazing. Jesus always asked these questions. Well, what was he doing by asking questions? I believe this. He was planting seeds in order to get the harvest. He was planting the seed, asking the question, right? So that he could get the harvest, so that they could be healed, so that they could be saved, so that they could know the Savior. So what question do you wish people would ask you? That's easy for me. Uh, I always love it when people say, what do you do for a living? I'm like, you don't want to know, bro. They're like, no, 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 for real. Like, what do you do? This is like after like, you know, a slew of cuss words and all types of things with this person, right? And I'm like, no, it's okay. Like, I'm a motivational speaker, you know? And they're like, oh, cool. Like, like you go around to schools and all this stuff. And like, no, actually, I'm a pastor and I, I talk to people, you know, at church. And, and they're like, oh, beep. I'm like, it's okay. Like, you be you, you know, do you. And uh, we're going to be all right. But, but I love it when people ask me what I do because it just opens up a door. Like, hey, what do you, I, I'm so glad you asked, man. I just started, we planted this church last year, man. God's been doing great things. It's amazing. Man, we love you. Are, do you go to church? You don't go to church? That's amazing. Why don't you come try us out? I promise you, you'll love it. Man, the people are so welcoming. They're friendly. Man, if you're here for the first time or you're new here, man, we want to say welcome. We're glad you're here. Man, I'm telling you, you're going to love this place. People are so friendly here. Um, we are what I like to say, low drama to no drama. How many like no drama? Let's go. And so uh, I'm thankful for all of that. Uh, but, but what question would you have people to ask you? I was, uh, we were traveling home from the airport and, and, and one of the, one of our team had on our, our made for this shirt shirts on and the TSA agent goes, what's this? Man, I love it when I wear my shirt and people say, what's this? Get this made for this shirt. What's this? You know what this is? I was made for this. I was made to make a difference. I was made to, to be able to make an impact in other people's lives. I was made to serve others. Come on. Like, I was made for this. I love it when people ask me questions. I love, what do you do? What is this? So when are we going to make lost people hungry? When are we going to start making lost people hungry? That you're willing to share your story. You're willing to share your faith. You're willing to share what you were tasting. Because the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is yeah, he's good. Y'all gonna have to help me out, okay? I know like it's, it's cold outside. I know uh, maybe you had a long weekend, but you're gonna have to help me out just a little bit, all right? I promise you, the more you have fun, the more I have fun, and we all have fun together. It's amazing, all right? So taste and see that the Lord is. Yeah, taste. so, so I, I'm telling you, the Lord is good. The good news is still good. The, the word, who Jesus is, is good, not not complain and see that the Lord is good. Be negative and see that the Lord is good. Come on, how many been there before? Not be depressed all the time and see that the Lord is good. 
Like, like, like if people are looking at your life and, and we're complaining and we're negative and, and we're always depressed over whatever, we stubbed our toe, like, like we're always just down and out. Like people don't look at our lives and say, I want something that they've got. No, they, they, they're like, stay far away from me because you've got a plague or something on your life. I'm not for sure. And so uh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I love what, I love what Psalm 51, 12 says. It says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Can, can I tell you that, that serving Jesus is joyful? Ever put a smile on and go, come on, show your pretty teeth. Come on. Come on, yes. And so... Uh, Return to me the joy. Man, some, sometimes, sometimes I, don't, I don't even think we realize it, but we walk around with a frown on our face or a scowl on our face. And, and can, can I tell you that, that being saved and, and living your life for Jesus and, and discovering your purpose and, and making a difference and all of that, can I tell you that, that serving Jesus is joyful? Serving Jesus is fun? It, it, it's great. Life didn't stop when you gave your life to Jesus. It just keeps on getting better and better and better. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. So, so as we wrap this whole thing up, we put a bow on it. I want to end with kind of as we as we talk, I want to end with this, this parable that Jesus was, was, was teaching in Luke chapter 15, verses one through seven. It says this, it says tax collectors, you gotta go ahead and already know that tax collectors in that day and age just are, they're, uh, nobody looks at them favorably. Um, much like you look at the IRS, hey, tax day, I think's tomorrow, if you don't have that done, okay. Um, there you go, I just saved some of you, file an extension, do what you gotta do, but you know. Um, the tax collectors and other notorious sinners, isn't that funny? They, they put tax collectors in the same category as notorious sinners. And it's because they would take the taxes and they would, they would spend it on things that they weren't supposed to be. But the uh, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people. They're bad even eating with them. <gasps> oh my goodness. But here we find fellowship with Jesus. Here we find tax collectors. We find sinners. We Notorious sinners. People who have done bad things. We see them eating with Jesus. You know what this tells me? This tells me that you can come just as you are to Jesus. Aren't you glad that you can just come as you are to Jesus? That you don't have to dress up. You don't have to, you don't have to pretend to be somebody that you're not. You can just come to Jesus just as you are. It's why we've created a place where you can belong before you believe. And I've even begun to hear people quote this phrase in our church and where, where they say, man, we love that this is a place that, that I can belong before I believe. And, and, and we're telling stories of people that, 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 that they came in and, and they, they didn't believe in Jesus and, and they actually didn't even think there was a God and they've come in and, and they just they just were just sitting under uh, in the presence of the Lord and they would they would they would be a part of worship, and they would hear the word, and, and week after week after week, they still didn't believe that there was, there was a God, but, but finally one day, 
After making this a priority, they gave their life to Jesus six months later, six months in. I'm telling, telling you, you can just come as you are. Come as you are. He's eating with sinners. And by doing this, Jesus bound himself in community with them. Paul says that he, he became all things to all people so that he may win some, right? So, that, so we may win some. Why do we do this? We do it for the message. We do it to lead people to Jesus. And why, why is Jesus doing this? Why on earth would Jesus, Savior of the world, eat with sinners, tax collectors, the less than, the people that are looked down upon? Because if he didn't, who would? I mean, think about it. Nobody else is eating with these people. Who's going to do it if we don't? Who's going who's gonna to lead your friend to Jesus if you don't? Who, who's going to lead your neighbor to Jesus if you don't? And so Jesus tells them this story. He says in verse 4, if a man has 100 sheep and, and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 1999 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than, other nine, than the other 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. See, the loss in comparison, uh, it really is, is small. You have one that goes astray, but you have 99 that, that are still there. 99 that, that, this, that this shepherd still has. And, and, and the loss of this one is really inconsequential. It's, it's kind of like, well, I lost that one, but thank God I still have 99, right? In fact, most shepherds would actually let the one go. Most shepherds would, would say, I'm going to cut my losses and I'm just going to go ahead and count my blessings. and I'm going to keep on going where I'm going. Man, I, sorry the one got away, but I still have 99. But in this story, in this parable that Jesus is, is talking, it's not this shepherd, not, not this one. No, this shepherd is a little bit different. This, this, one, this one says, no, 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 no. The one that got away means something to me. You see, this is a good shepherd. I'm reminded of, of David in Psalm 23 where he says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Come on, little B3 behind me. Wow, wow. He makes me light out in green pastures. Wow, wow. He leads me beside the still waters, right? Come on, he, store, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And when I get lost and when I go astray and when I get away from the flock, there Jesus comes to find me. The Lord is my shepherd. I love what Jesus said in the New Testament in John chapter 10. He said, I am the good shepherd. 
I know my sheep and they know me. I'm in relationship with them. And since I know my sheep, when they go astray, I'm going after them, baby. They're too important. They mean too much to me. I know I've got 99 here, but they're good. The one that's not good, I need to go after and bring them back. They know me. I know them. And I lay down my life for my sheep. I'm the good shepherd. And so I love, there's a few things I want to point out in this this passage of this parable Jesus is telling. It says towards the end of verse four, when you leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that has lost this phrase right here, until he finds it. Until he finds it. You know what this does? This shows me the persistence of the shepherd. This shows me the persistence of the shepherd, that he's not giving up. The shepherd is not giving up. I remember, I remember there was this time in youth ministry. My wife and I did, were, were youth pastors for 15 years. And I remember this time where I got this phone call at about 11 o'clock at night from our, from our lead pastor. And he said, he said, Hey, Welby, uh, one of your youth, uh, one of your students have, have, have run away. The parents can't find them. Um, can you help us go look for them? It was a smaller town. So maybe it was, you know, we were going to be able to go, go try and find them. So, so me and one of our youth staff, we, we got in the car. We started, we started searching for this, this boy. We started searching for this boy that had, had run away and, and the parents couldn't find him and the parents were frantic and everybody else was safe. Everybody else was home. Everybody else was accounted for, but there was this one that, that had gotten away. And, and so we were going down the streets in the town and, and going down alleyways and, and we were going in bars and everything, trying to find this one, doing whatever it took until we found him. It was about one o'clock in the morning. I was getting kind of tired. I was getting a little frustrated at this time. I was like, if I find this boy, I'm going to wring his neck. I'm going to throat punch him in Jesus' name, right? Come on. And so, uh, and so we get this call somewhere around the 1, 1.30 time in the morning. And they said, hey, Pastor Welby, we found our son. I was like, man, thank God he came home. They said, no, he never left. He hid in the trunk of the car in the garage. I was like, say, bruh, I'm going to come over there right now and I'm going to give you the, the, the five-fold ministry that, that Jesus has blessed me with and I'm going to knock you out and give you a little bit of, of Jesus. And so, um, but we did whatever it took until he was found, right? The shepherd, he's not going to give up and he's not going to give up on you and he's not going to give up on me. Aren't you glad that, that Jesus didn't give up on you? Aren't you glad in your deepest, darkest moments, the moments that you were maybe in despair, the moments that you were hurting, the moments that you thought nobody else cared, aren't you glad today that Jesus is not going to give up on you? In verse five, it says immediately. So it ends until he finds it. And then it starts verse five, when he found it or when he 
finds it. I, I put right here, can't stop, won't stop. Like he can't stop, he won't stop. Like he's always actively looking, seeking and searching after you. And for me, it's not a matter of if, but it's a matter of when. It's not a matter of if Jesus finds me, it's a matter of but when. I was lost, but now I am found. I'm so glad that this amazing grace that, that Jesus died for the, on the cross for you and for me, that we can, we can experience this amazing grace, right? I was singing it this morning. I, I, was, I, was, I was playing on the piano. It's amazing grace. How sweet the sounds has saved a messed up wretched like myself. I was lost. I was found. I was blind. But baby, now I see. Come on. That's good stuff right there. But he has found it. And you see, God, God just doesn't initiate the search and rescue mission. He completes it. He finds the lost. It's not a matter of if he finds you, it's when he finds you. And I love this next part. This next part right here. It says, when he finds it, he will joyfully carry it home on his, soul, his, his shoulders. Hey, come here, bud. I'll give it up for my son. Come here, buddy. Isn't he, isn't he a handsome looking fella right here? Can you, say, can you say hello? Hello. All right. So, oh, you got your car there and everything. Awesome. Hey, hey put that in your pocket just for a second. Just perfect. Awesome. All right. So, this is my precious little lamb. All right. And so when, when our lamb, when the lamb goes away, right, goes astray and we find him, right? We find our, our, our lamb, this, this, this precious lamb. When you say your kids, if you got kids, when you say your kids are precious to you, right? Some of you maybe are praying for your, you got, you got kids that are older, Maybe they've gone astray. Maybe they're not serving the Lord right now. But can I tell you just to keep on praying for them? Keep on believing. Come on, Jesus isn't giving up on them and neither are we and neither should you. Just keep on praying. But this is what the word says, that, that we joyfully, we find the lamb and then we put it on our shoulders. All right? Come here, buddy. All right. And so, so we put it on our shoulders. I don't know about you, but if you've ever been lost, I remember this one time I was lost as a kid in the mall and I was about, I was about Corbin's age and, and I, I was about four, yeah, four or five years old and, and I was wandering away and I was, I was doing my own thing and I wasn't listening to my parents. And so, oh, don't, don't let go because I'm only holding on. Ooh, what are you, oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> okay, we'll do this. All right. But, but they were, they saw that I wasn't paying attention and I was wanting to do my own thing. And so, so they kind of stepped away from me and I found myself not knowing where I was at and not knowing where my family was and not knowing where my parents were. I was like four or five years old and I was freaking out. I think we were like in JCPenney's or something like that back in the day. And so I was at JCPenney's and, and I went, all I knew is I went to the, to the, the, uh, the register area and there was, a, there was a lady there and I was crying and I was like, Help! I don't know where my mama is. How many know if you don't know where your mommy is? Everybody cries for mommy. Come on. No matter how old you are, we all need our mamas. 
And they knew where I was at the whole time. I just, I just didn't know. They were like, hey, you go do your own thing, but I'm going to watch you. I got my eye on you, but I'm going to let you kind of, I'm going to loosen the leash per se, and I'm just going to kind of let you do your thing. And I think sometimes Jesus lets us do our own thing. We maybe feel like he doesn't know where we're at, but I think sometimes really it's just Jesus kind of standing off in the corner saying, I see you. I got you. Like, I know you're doing your own thing right now, but, but when you're ready, I'm right here. When you're ready to call on me, when, you're, when, you're re- when the whosoever calls on my name, I'll be right there. I'm gonna be there. I'll be there as close as a mention of my name. I'm gonna be there, but, but you gotta want me. And so we, so we joyfully put it on our shoulders. And maybe we have to put it on our shoulders because the sheep or the lamb was wounded. He's gone astray. And there's hurt there. There's emotional wounds. There are things that have been said to them that have kept them wanting to serve the Lord. There's been things that said, you know what? Every church is the same. I'm not going. You can have it. You good? Mm -hmm. You can have it. And he's wounded. And so we, and so, oh no, no, not yet. I still need you, homie. But he's wounded. And so we, we put him on our shoulders and we, we carry him back to the, to the flock or to the fold. And we say, Hey, you know what? We're going to, it's going to be okay. I got you. I'm going to walk through life with you a little bit. It's going to be okay. I know you're hurt right now, but you know what? I've hurt too some. And there's been people that have talked bad about me, and there's been people that have mistreated me, and there's people that have done things to me that, that, I, that I, I don't like. And there was a time that I was going astray, and a time that I, I went away, and somebody came after me. And so I'm going to, we'll just say, pay it back or pay it forward, and I'm going to walk with it, walk, walk with you through it. Maybe, maybe they're a little malnourished because they've gotten away from the flock and, 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 and they're weak now because they haven't had the strength of being around the others. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's you or maybe you know somebody that's given their life to Jesus, but, but they just have gone away. They've gone astray and doing their own thing and, and they're weak and, and they, they're falling into temptation and doing things maybe they're not proud of and, and, and things, the things that, yeah, you get up, buddy. Things that just are, Stay right there for a second. Things that are hurting them. And, and so what we got to do is we got to pick them up. We got to pick them up and say, I got you. You hurt, I hurt. You need somebody to hold your hand, I'll hold your hand. You need somebody to talk to, I'll talk to you. You need somebody to cry with, I'll cry with you. You need somebody to celebrate with you, I'll celebrate with you. but we joyfully carry them. Can I tell you this? Hey, go see, go see mommy. Good job. Yeah. Oh, here you can. No, not my Bible. Leave that there. I don't know what you'll do with it here. Here, take that to mama. There you go. Perfect. 
Y'all give it up for my son if you would. We put them on our shoulders and we say, I want you to get this. I'll carry the weight. I'll carry the weight that you can't carry right now. Come on, that's for somebody in this place. I will pick you up and I will carry the weight. Whose weight do you need to carry? How many of you know somebody who's wounded? I do. Somebody that's gone astray. I do. The thing I love about the shepherd as he joyfully puts the sheep on his shoulders is that this expresses the shepherd's loving care. That I will carry you when you can't carry yourself. I will walk with you when you can't walk alone. I will be there. And then as he carries this sheep, it goes on to say that he goes and he tells others. He's so joyful. He says, he says, rejoice with me. I found my car keys. Have you ever lost your car keys? And you're like flipping everything up in the house. You're like flipping up sofa cushions and, and you're yelling and screaming at the kids. What'd you do to my keys? What'd you do? And you're like, oh, they're in my pocket. <laughs> or your wallet, right? Man, I found my wallet. I thought I lost it. But it's something so valuable. Something that means so much to me. It's got my ID. It's got credit cards. It's got my debit card. It's got my life. Right there. I found it. So meaningful. And Jesus is saying the shepherd comes and he, he says, this one thing that was so important to me, the one that got away, the one that left, I went and I found it. This sheep, I found it. I found it. We've talked about this already, but, but Easter is next week. It's the greatest opportunity all year long to get a favorable response to reaching out to someone's spiritual needs. We all have spiritual needs, don't we? But it's the greatest opportunity all year long we have and it's Easter. Get this, I'm not making this up. Your odds of someone saying yes to coming to Easter is almost four times greater than any other time. When they'll say no other times, when they'll say no and they'll make other excuses, they are more inclined to say, yes, I'll come to church with you for Easter. One of our prayers is that 
that this just isn't Easter. That when they show up, it's just God setting them up. That they would experience this new life in Christ that we talk about all the time. You see, we're commanded by the Lord to reach those who are close to us. And we're gonna do that next week at Easter. And this is what you're gonna, this is what you are going to realize. You're gonna say to yourself next week, I believe it. You're gonna say this, that I have found what my life is all about. Because that person that you invite next week or the people you've invited, we're gonna give them a chance to say yes to Jesus next week. And some are gonna raise their hand and maybe the person that raises their hand next week is your neighbor. Maybe it's the coworker that you, you, you share a desk with or a cubicle with or, or, or somebody you work with. Maybe it's a family member and they're gonna raise their hand and they're gonna say yes to Jesus. Everything that is deep down inside of us, all the, the problems that we feel like maybe we have, they will vanish all away in a moment when we realize that the people that we've invited has said yes to Jesus. And you're gonna find fulfillment that comes from making a difference in those that are close to you. I believe it. So that people far from God experience new life in Christ. So that people far from God experience this new life in Christ. And we talk about getting people to take next steps and we're all about walking life with you and helping you with your next steps. And so the week after Easter, we're going to have water baptisms. The Bible tells us to be water baptized, that, that when we say yes to Jesus, that we should be water baptized. And so we're going to be baptizing people uh, in two weeks. Man, I'm excited. It's going to be amazing. I'm believing not just for adults, but maybe you have children. Maybe there's, there's kids in the kids ministry uh, that are giving their life to Jesus today, or maybe they have in the past few months or, or a year and they've never been baptized before. Man, we want to encourage you. We want to baptize them in two weeks to be a part of that, not just a adults, man, we believe children are going to be baptized that day as well. It's going to be amazing. So here's the question. The action point. Who are you going after? I believe that, that, that the Holy Spirit should be putting, putting someone's name on your heart right now. Who are you going after? Who in your world has wandered off who in your world is lost? Who is, who's, who is broken? Who, is, who has been wounded? Who in your life needs the hope of the world? Who needs Jesus? See, I believe all we need for revival is just to begin to weep over those that are lost and then to go after them. As a believer, we have to start caring that people are lost and go after them. So Lord, we, we, we pray this morning, just as you told this story, this parable of the shepherd who would go after the one that illustrating that you, we are so important to you that you're willing to leave the 99, those that are okay, to go after the one that is hurting, the wounded and lost and broken so that they may find life again. 
Lord, I pray that you would help us go after those that are lost. Help us be mindful of those around us that are hurting, those that, that are, have been spiritually or emotionally wounded, God, those that, that don't trust anymore, those that are down and out. God, help us, help us reach out, go beyond ourselves, help us tag a friend and bring Jesus to them. God, whether they ever come in this church or not, help us bring Jesus to them. We're not waiting for them to come to us on Easter. Yeah, Easter is, is great, God. We're gonna celebrate what, what Easter means for us and our faith, but, but we don't have to wait for Easter. We can, we can do it tomorrow. We can do it at lunch today. So God, use us. Use us. Thank you for joining us in the Hope Rising podcast. Visit us online at hoperising.co. If you're in the Cypress, Texas area, we would love to connect with you on Sundays, 10 a.m. at Spillane Middle School. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful week.